I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Edward D. Hess, uh, author of Own Your Work Journey, The Path to Meaningful Work and Happiness in the Age of Smart Technology and Radical Change. The smart technology age will be an age of constant change that will require you to continually adapt and learn new skills to have good jobs. The best research from Oxford University predicts that between 25 and 47% of the U.S. workforce will be automated by the end of this decade. Edward D. Hess, Professor Emeritus of Business Administration at the Darden School of Business at the University of Virginia, argues that today's workers need to be highly adaptive at excelling and learning, unlearning and relearning at the speed of change. This requires you to own your work journey and to take ownership of you by striving every day to become your best self by taking ownership of your ego, mind, body, emotions, words, and behaviors. The goal will be to optimize your thinking, listening, and collaboration with others in ways that will differentiate you from your smart technology and robot. His book, Smart Growth, was named a top 25 business book in 2010 by Inc. Magazine, and he was awarded the Wachovia Award for Research Excellence. Welcome to the show, Ed. Nice to have you on today. Thank you for having me. Well, this is the, I don't know, this is the buzz that's happening everywhere. Is AI going to take over everything and then we're not going to be needed in the workforce? I mean, uh, this is the conversation of the day, I guess. Uh, and how do we avoid that? So let's talk about that. It's, um, I, you know, when you, for me, when I'm thinking about how am I going to compete with a robot? Let's, uh, how do you do that? How do you change that quickly? I mean, what, you know, in terms of, of business, in terms of uh, smart technology and right. differentiating ourselves from robots? Yep, good question. <laughs> There's basically three ways that we can differentiate ourselves from um, the, the smart technology, okay? And the smart technology can be in a robot, but it also can be in code. And we've got to be able to think in ways that smart technology can't think. And what are those ways? We got to know how to think critically, innovatively, to go into the unknown and figure things out, to make decisions in situations where there's lots of uncertainty and not a lot of data. So we can, I mean, it's I mean, the key thing is thinking differently than the technology can think. The second key thing is excelling at building caring, trusting, positive emotional relationships with others. Ultimately, our big differentiator is going to be emotions and being able to manage our emotions and generate positive emotions and also negate negative emotions, how we deal with other human beings. Dealing with other human beings and understanding them will be ultimately the hardest job for technology to do. And then the third type of job is trade jobs. Trade jobs, and I don't say that in any uh, negative way, trade jobs that require human dexterity, lots of human motion, movement, and iterative diagnostic definitions of the problem, and iterative trial and error approaches to solving the problem. So if you think about all of that, that's going to be very hard for technology to do, to have human dexterity, 
and then to figure out what the problem is and then to try different things to solve the problem. So there's three different powerful things. Think differently than than the technology can think. Excel at being able to build, have positive emotional relationships with other human beings. And three, if you're in a trade-type job, get the skills, all right? Learn the skills, the diagnostic skills and the trial and error approach skills that will basically differentiate you for the technology. Ultimately, ultimately, it's going to be emotions that are going in the trade jobs that will be the big differentiators. So do we have to, are you saying that we need, we need to integrate, integrate ourselves so that it would seem to me that we're not fighting the technology, but that we have another skill or a different skill to add to it? So that it all works, because like I read in the beginning of that Oxford University in the intro, Oxford University predicts that between 25 and 47 percent of the U.S. workforce will be automated, that that's going to happen whether we like it or not. So are we talking about being able to add to that and integrate ourselves into the automation? I mean, or no. No, that's that, no. that prediction, the 25 to 47% jobs automated means total automation, total automation. And so the, the jobs that, that people are going to have going forward, all right, are thinking of, of the things that we talked about, thinking in ways the technology can't think. Now, that may be part of the job and the, the robots do the other part, the easy part. Okay, so it's you may be working with robots, in effect, telling them what to do. All right. But the 25 to 47 percent means that that uh, that's, you know, that's the number of human beings that are going to have to transform themselves. Uh, That's you know, they're going to have to radically radically be able to go into situations and figure things out, which technology is not going to take out, be able to figure, or they're going to be dealing with the emotional sides of humanity. I mean, that's really what's going to be the things that are going to have to, that's going to keep us going. Now, the, it sounds probably more complicated than it is, but the reality of it is, is that it means we're going to have to transform ourselves. All right, we're going to have to take ownership of ourself. You mentioned being on the journey to best self and taking ownership of our ego, our body, our emotions, our behaviors, our words, how we listen, how we think, how we relate to others. The reason we need to do that, all right, the reason we need to do that is we are wired. The science shows our brains are wired to go out in the world and seek confirmation of what we believe, affirmation of our egos, and cohesiveness of our stories about how our world works. We, we emotionally, when we're challenged, generally embrace the three Ds. We deny, we defend, we deflect. So our way of being, to be very efficient, to be very efficient, is to, in effect, we're not good learners because of the three Ds. We deny, we defend, we deflect. So that's what we're going to have to change inside of us. 
and we can change that. And the history goes back thousands of years. We can change this uh, by using tools and daily practices in working on ourselves and improving ourselves. Um, and, you know, and so people who are willing to commit and, and work hard at being on the journey to best self and taking ownership of yourself, the science is there. It's, it's in the basis of all the philosophies, all the seven great religions, how we take ownership of our ego, our body, our emotions, our behaviors, our words, our listening, our thinking, and how you relate to others, that's the game. That's the so, game. If, if the that's the game, that so the Ed, best, could you we'll give us an example? Could you give us an example? Uh, deny, defend, and deflect in a work situation, maybe in several, a couple work situations, uh, how that yeah. works or how it doesn't work yeah, when, the, we don't, when we yeah, when we don't when we do that. Yeah. Yeah, when when we when we den- when we deny somebody says, well, you know, I don't think that's right, and I respond to you, well, I know it's right, I know it's right, and therefore I didn't ask you, well, what do you think I'm missing? Uh, why do you believe that? And so I shut down the chance of a conver- of a learning conversation by saying, I'm right, I know that's right, I read this here, and so and so, and. Instead of saying, okay, why do you think I'm not right? And let's have a conversation because maybe I'm missing something, but maybe you're missing something. So you've got to change the deny, the defend, to deflect, to being open-minded, to being willing to get to the best result and have conversations that are not competitive. In our society, unfortunately, um, we're, the, we're the largest democratic society in the, in, the, in the world, okay, that has the philosophy of survival of the fittest. Well, the reality of it is, is the, the greatest errors in, in human life has been really the survival of the friendliest. And, and therefore, what we're looking here, most work going forward is going to be other than individual jobs that are highly emotional for you know either whether it's consulting or or whether it's helping people with their uh, various personal issues etc all of that is still going to be there but the key thing about it is we we tend to when somebody disagrees with us we deny or we defend it we deflect it because we don't understand and we've not been taught how to basically be open-minded and how to have a quiet ego. And basically what I do in the book is to give people the practices and tools in their very how-to. How do you quiet your ego? All right. What are the tools? Uh, how do you use them? How do you learn to listen better? How do you manage what's going on in your mind and your body? How do you how do you manage negative emotions? How do you keep them from basically hijacking you? How do you how do you generate positive emotions? How do you truly reflectively listen to somebody? And the, and these are very practical tools. Um, and the the goal is to become our our best self. But all of these deliberate practice tools that I use in my book, okay, 
it's it all it all comes from various sources it's what great athletes do what great warriors musicians artists people that continually try to improve themselves and that's what that's what the own your work journey is all about how do i become my best self i kind of i want to ask you how that's the description of how to become your best self i just want to what about as i said in the beginning this smart technology age I mean, do you use smart technology, which is very different than what you've described? Yeah. Do I use smart technology? Uh, yes, I use smart technology. I ask smart technology questions to see what it says about what I'm thinking. I do not always agree with it. And also, I know that smart technology is always going to be advancing. And so I view it as information. Smart technology doesn't dominate me. I don't do what smart technology tells me to do. I do ask it questions and then I ask it. And when it gives me an answer, I ask it questions which challenges its answer and see what it says. But I take that information in and I evaluate it based on what I know and based on what makes sense and based on what when I ask other human beings what they think. So smart technology, smart technology can give you information you don't know, but you can't believe everything it tells you. All right. Just like in on the emotional side and social media, smart, you know, smart technology, social media hijack people's emotions. All right, which has created lots of issues in our country. And so you just don't basically give give up yourself. It's a tool. It's a tool. That's basically what it is. It's a tool. It's a tool, so it's how you use the smart technology. Yes, I was curious. I was interested, uh, obviously. Right. Yeah. I mean, because I do the yes. same. I uh, Yeah. I mean, and I can I, I go and I, I use Bing, for example, and ask questions, as you described it, and mm-hmm. get a lot of answers. And then I have to use my own skills to evaluate that information and integrate that into whatever, you know, use it or not. But I have to decide what works and what doesn't work. Um, Yes, 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 yes. Excuse me for interrupting, but yes, 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 you, yes, (laughs) you got it. You got it. And that's, that's what all your listeners need to be able to to do and 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 to have an approach how to do that and that's what this book is my 15th book it's the most important book i've ever written because it's it's written for everybody age 17 or over all right it doesn't matter your background it doesn't matter how much education you have because everything we're talking about how do I have meaningful work? How do I have happiness in this new age? All of that is possible if, if people take join the journey that you're on, that I'm on. Join the journey and learn how to manage themselves and take ownership of themselves. And it's in you know, and it's the small things. Okay, to be, it's you know, it's how you behave. It's the words you use. It's knowing what's going on in your body. Is your body, are you very, very still? 
and you know, I, I, I define this, the goal is inner peace, a state of inner stillness and calmness that enables you to go out in the world with your most non-judgmental, fearless, quiet ego, open mind that enables you to learn, unlearn, and relearn at the pace of change. How, and that's I mean, the beauty of it. You know, you said Ed, this is the most, you've written, what, 20, 25 books. This is the most important book 15. that you've written. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, and you are Professor Emeritus at the uh, Darden Graduate School of Business, University of Virginia, which I mentioned earlier. How does this fit into the curriculum, let's say, at at the at Darden Graduate School of Business and and possibly, obviously, other top business schools? Yeah, it's it's new. All right. It's 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 new and uh, it's being used. Uh, uh, it's it's being used in courses on emotions and courses on innovation and um, et cetera. Um, and it's but the, the, the book is designed and that's why this book is written for every person, not just business people. OK, um, the business, the, you know, the books I've written about this for business people or take a different approach in the sense that one they're they're much longer books and they have lots more discussion where in this book I'm writing it for um, a, a larger audience and a different audience all right who maybe doesn't have a college degree or, or not in business school and so it's written it's written for every human being over 17 years of age in the in in the sense and that's not putting anybody down but it's but what i'm trying to do here is reach a broader audience so nobody will be left behind that's the important thing here how do we get out into the marketplace the the principles the behaviors how do you adapt learn unlearn and relearn at the speed of technological change and make that accessible to every human being. Uh, that's that's the purpose. That's the meaning. That's the goal of what I'm trying to do now. And in the same thing can you know can be used by you know any any business school person. But it's but it's the key here is the key here is daily practices, deliberate practices doing practices that are proven scientifically and through the great philosophies, Eastern and Western. And many of the practices come out of the seven great religions. So this goes back thousands of years. So it's not some kind of new, you know, um, it's not something new. It's something that's been unused, especially in our country. And so this I'm- is an opportunity all right. It's an opportunity. And I self-published the book with Amazon because I wanted to make it affordable for every person. And the paperback sells for seven ninety five and the ebook sells for three ninety five. All right. And so it's it's affordable and it's got tools. OK, the book's one hundred and twenty seven pages long, but it's got twenty eight practices and tools in details how to do this stuff. It's got 35 workshops where you 
the person basically, hopefully with friends, they do it together because it works better. You know, they write down their answers to the questions and then they have a conversation about their answers. That's how people learn best. And that's how they prepared then to be, go out and, and ask people uh, questions to learn and to basically be a good challenger uh, for other people. That's that's what makes this different. That's what's that's what this book. This is that's the difference between this book and the other fourteen that I wrote. Okay, so it's not purely academic. You're saying it's for everybody. It's for all of us. Yes. You don't necessarily yes. need even a college degree. You can be 17 years old, but you Correct. have and it, it if you the book itself will give you practice skills or to be to practice actually you can practice your skills to help you to learn to adapt and and uh and so it's and 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 then you can take those skills i'm assuming and uh, uh, uh practice them in real life but uh can yes. Get us, yeah. yes yes and so, in, in fact in fact yeah. have daily daily practices in 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 real life and they're they the the purpose of the skills the purpose of the skills is to help you learn how to quiet your ego, to quiet your mind. Okay, we have the scientists basically say we have like a monkey mind. Our mind's always talking to us, and that gets in the way, all right, of us learning and listening and thinking. And so how do we quiet our ego? How do we quiet our mind? How do we basically know what's going on in our body so basically don't trigger negative emotions or basically react in negative ways. And then we have to be, you know, if, if it's inappropriate, then we have to go back and apologize. And we said, it's what's going on inside of us. And it's just the goal here, the goal here with people that do the work, and, and, and there are a lot of people that do the work. The ultimate goal is is to bring to life each day, you know, my best self, and and the, that involves I come to life with this stillness and calmness, confident that I will do the best I can, that I will behave the best I can, I will listen the best I can, I will work with others the best I can that day, and in order to do that, I'm not going to be you know, reactive. I'm not going to be scared. I'm not going to be, you know, it's all about me. It's my big ego. I don't want to look bad. Um, it's all about, you know, I, I'm not going to be in competition. The biggest competition I'm going to have that you're going to have and that every one of your listeners is going to have the biggest competition, the biggest human competition over the next decades is not going to be someone else. It's going to be ourselves, whether we can basically become better learners, listeners, collaborators, and be able to adapt to the speed of change. And that's solely what's going on inside of us, which we can control. That's the beauty of this. We don't need 10 people to tell us we're smart. We don't need 10 people to, you know, to to basically pat us on our head, all right? We can basically use principles, practices, you know, mindful, mindfulness meditation, okay? 
everybody should be meditating. You know, whether you can start out three minutes, five minutes, three to five minutes every morning uh, and learn how to calm yourself because the highest and best thinking comes about when we are at a state of inner peace. That's when thinking like different than the technology, that's when that happens. All right. So in other words, and we only have a couple minutes left, so I just want to just kind of... uh, make sure that we understand this. So what you're really saying is that we have to think in smart ways that technology can't think because we are very different than that. And we have to work on those skills. And that's what's going to be, that's going to how we're going to be able to adapt and learn and get good jobs. And uh, I mean, I think that it is, I don't know if it's a 180, but um, just be able to do that to be aware of ourselves and uh, our bodies, as you're saying, and think in smart ways that smart technology can. Yes, and yes, and <laughs> and the second big way is not just is is emotional. Excelling at building caring, trusting, positive emotional relationships with others, because much of the work that we humans are going to be doing is going to be work with other human beings. And so in addition to thinking, it's being excelling at building caring, trusting, positive emotional relationships with others. Yeah. So we have and to be that, feeling, feeling as well. I hate to interrupt you, but I want you to give us uh, websites or uh, any other place where we can get more information. Well, you told us about the book, uh, if there's any other work that you're doing, tell us about it. Tell us where we can access that information. Sure. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter. And then the book is, um, address is, the website is www.ownyourworkjourney.com. Ownyourworkjourney.com. And then if, and that's, that's, will get people to the right to the right place for the book. And then I have a different website, which is if you go to ownyourworkjourney.com, it also will tell you the other website, which is about my other work. But that's what's important here is www.ownyourworkjourney.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I have lots of uh, stuff posted on both of them, uh, which gives you examples of the, of the principles, examples of how to do things, um, um, so there's lots of stuff out there where people can look at it and see if it makes sense to them, see right. if they feel like this is something I want to do, I need to do, I should do. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Own Your Work Journey, The Path to Meaningful Work and Happiness in the Age of Smart Technology. Um, Edward D. Hess, uh, we appreciate your being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All the best. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 